Let's find out which shirt he would pick. The great Joe Theismann, which rhymes with Heisman, joins us right now on Sirius XM 211. Joe, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Tone. How about you? Beautiful, man. Are you self-medicating, self-isolating, and self-whatever else you're doing? Um, yes, I am doing all the above. Um, <laughs> as, we all, as we all are, as a matter of fact. I just wanted uh, to make sure, because I'm putting up a drone. I got my own Chinese drones now, and I want to make sure that I fly it <laughs> over you and you are absolutely not on the golf course. Yeah, is he playing golf? That's yes. what I want to know. I was. I, I hurt my shoulder about two weeks ago, and now I'm in uh, physical therapy trying to get myself back ready to go. Well, as long as you don't need surgery, because you're not allowed to get that right now, Joe. <laughs> I know. I have to wait another two, three weeks after, so um, I'm just trying to get there to, the old-fashioned way. <laughs> Wait a minute. The golf course was open two weeks ago? Yeah, in Florida. We were down in Florida. Oh, of course. So yeah, I, I yeah. told you. I should have yeah. never left. I know. Everybody <laughs> Everybody we're talking to this week, Vince, Vince Papali, my buddy Vince Papali from Invincible. <laughs> yep. I called him yesterday. Oh, I'm in Jupiter, Florida. Of course the golf courses are open. And yep, then you're in Georgia. You're not in Virginia. You're not in the D.C. You're not in the Metroplex or in the, I, in the what do we call it up there in Washington, D.C.? The DMV. The DMZ. DMZ. No, no, the DMV. What yeah. else do they call it, though? With the, with the, it's the roundabout, the, the driving around there. Oh, the Beltway? The Beltway, yeah. yes. Yeah. You're not inside the Beltway, are you, Joe? No, I'm outside the Beltway a long way. <laughs> it's about damn time you got out of there. All right, now, Joe. <laughs> we haven't talked to you in a while, man. I miss you. I miss everybody. Yeah, well, yeah. I, know. You, you know, you, I don't know whether you went into... You know, there's a difference between quarantine and hibernation. I'm not sure which one you went into. No, I ran into you at Miami at the Super Bowl. That was a couple well, of months ago. Long, doesn't that? That's how long ago does that really seem? Though? It seems I like mean, a year ago. You're absolutely yeah. right. Gosh, yes, I know. Well, you know, the good news in in the middle of June, the book comes out, "How to Be a Champion Every Day." So, um, I've had a chance to finish that, and uh, the publisher's got it going, and. We should be, uh, we'll be available. It's available right now on Amazon if you want to call in and order. What's so, it called? How to be, how a, to be champion a champion every, every day. day? How to be a champion every day, yep. Wait a minute. Did you steal that from Notre Dame and play like a champion today? Are they going to sue you no. now? Okay. Nope. This was my own <laughs> creation. Smarty. Six timeless <laughs> keys to success, Tony. Six keys? Yeah. Six timeless keys. Timeless. Timeless, Tony. Timeless. Means means when you're really like an older person and you're still doing radio, you can still use them. Yeah, you mean like you and me? <laughs> yep, exactly right. <laughs> so, because I, I, in one of your books that you wrote, you actually mentioned me in there. Now, did you mention me in this particular book? As, no, as, I did not. I, as I, you signals know what? of I success is one of the six keys to broadcasting success? Right. I actually thought about it, but then I thought, you know what? I mentioned you in the last one. I just can't, you know, people get tired of that same you know, repetition in books. So oh, this you. is a different one. Come on. Well, do it when I, when I die. You can put me posthumously in your next book. I promise. All right, Joe. Now, I know you're still connected to Washington, even though you're not there. You know, you know what's going on there. And obviously a lot of changes in the organization up there. And new coach, you know, movement in the front office. The owner is still the same. What do you expect? Because obviously they're in a great spot. And I mean, is there anybody on earth or anybody who's always used to the Redskins throwing a curveball who does not believe that they will take Chase Young with the second pick in the draft? I, I, I believe they will. I mean, I, you know, I was convinced Tom Brady was going to stay in New England, too. I think you and I actually talked about that at the Super Bowl. Yep. I, I was convinced Tom would stay there. Um, you know, and, and who thought, you know, I guess you sort of had an inkling that Gronk might come out if it was a nice place. I mean, if Tom went to Green Bay, it wasn't going to happen anyway, but... 
You know, I mean, uh, now that Tampa Bay becomes extremely interesting, but I, I've always believed because the Redskins are going to a 4-3 defense, I've always believed that, that Chase Young would be their choice. But it brings up some interesting possibilities. You know, they only have seven picks. They don't have a second. They don't have a sixth. Uh, there's a Trent Williams deal that everybody's talking about now, maybe to Tampa for a third, possibly. I'm not sure what that'll be. Or maybe a tight end and a draft choice. I don't know, because we certainly need a tight end, a guy who can be a, a bigger part of the offense than we've had in the past, although Vernon Davis has just been phenomenal uh, doing the things that he's done. But if, if let's, say, let's say Miami says this, and I don't think they need to move up that far to go get what they want if they're going for Tua or Herbert. Um, we'll give you this year's one, this year's two, and next year's one to move up from five to two. Mm. That's hard to turn down, Joe. I was just going to say, yeah. if that kind of a deal comes across the table, you have to be sitting there and saying, you know, Chase Young would have been the perfect fit, but there's always that possibility, you know, with Ron Rivera, a new coach, um, uh, Kyle Smith, new general manager in that role. So you have now you have different scenarios that could possibly happen. I still believe it will be Chase Young. It makes sense uh, for this football team. It's a young football team. I mean, that, that defensive front would now be Sweat, Chase Young, mm-hmm. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Adamitis. That's five. That's five formidable. special ones. Yeah. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, and we were down there, Joe, young. last year. We were down there. We did a bus trip down to Washington with a, a bunch of Eagles fans to come down to that game. What a crazy game and crazy ending. And, I, you know, I keep yeah. reading in the offseason about the quarterback. They're not happy with Haskins. I mean, this guy's the future. Why would you – now, you have to have a good backup. You know, and they, they, you know, they had a good backup last year. What is your read? Because you're a great quarterback on, on Dwayne Haskins because there seems to be a, a one faction that doesn't think the guy's going to be good and another faction that thinks he's got a lot of upside. I, you know, I think both factions uh, are confused and because you, we don't know. He's played seven football games. What can you evaluate from someone who's played seven football games? There was a coaching change in the middle. There was a philosophical offensive change because you went from wanting to throw the ball around under Jay Gruden to wanting to run the ball 65 70% of the time under Bill Callahan. And so you've seen the young man go through coaching changes, personnel changes. The Redskins once again last year for the third year, I believe, in a row, had more than 20 guys on IR. Uh, your offensive line is like shuffling cards. Your wide receiving core is the same way. Uh, running back situation, you're, you know, uh, the opening game against Philadelphia. I mean, for some reason, Jay sits Adrian Peterson, the offensive player of the year the year before that basically I think saved his job. Darius Geis is going to be the guy, and all of a sudden he's gone in a quarter. Again, so that young man's missed two, two, two seasons in a row. Bryce Love was on IR. I think Chris Thompson in this offense with Kyle uh, Turner, or excuse me, with Scott Turner running it, has a chance to be the, the type of a player that a, a Christian McCafferty was used in. Not the same kind of player. I think Christian's special, and Chris is pretty darn good. Um, so you've got a role where you can get a guy to be able to do stuff like that. And, and, and so to me, I don't. Everybody says trade Dwayne. If if I was another team, I don't know what he is. Right. I, the Redskins don't know what he is. Now we have Kyle Allen, who came in from Carolina. And the system is, this is the same system that they're going to run, basically, that I ran you know, 
a number of years ago. It's a numbering system. Pretty easy to pick up. Um, you know, under, it's, it's very easy to understand. Some of the more West Coast-style offenses have anywhere between 15 and 20 words and numbers and symbols and it's memorization. And, you know, the one I played in seems like it made more sense, but that's because my mind isn't what it is. Yeah, but I, going back to Dwayne, I don't think anybody knows who or what he is or is capable of at this point. Yeah, they, they, I were, they were really caught in a spot last season because you knew Jay – you know, was, you know, looking at the end, and he wanted to win games to save his job, so you're not going to play a rookie. And, you know, the owner picked the quarterback. It was, you know, I don't even know if Jake Rudin really wanted him anyway. No, you know, it, there was a lot of uh, – Dan didn't pick Dwayne. I mean, everybody says, oh, you know, he went to Bullis, he wants him. So he was probably going to be – I mean, the Giants were real close to taking him uh, instead of Daniel Jones. But when you look at the Giants, see, the, the Daniel Jones pick for the Giants made sense because – the kid attended the Manning passing camps. Mm-hmm. Eli was there. I mean, they knew a lot about Daniel Jones. They didn't know as much about Dwayne Haskins because he really only played a year at Ohio State. So you had somebody you understood a little bit more than somebody who you might have thought maybe a little bit more of, but the intangibles sort of went the other way. Yeah, the coach so at Duke it, it was, was tied to the Mannings too. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole. I mean, that was a that, that to me was a, was a given. I mean, I think Dwayne. He throws the ball well. He proved he's a tough kid. He wants to play football. And this is one of the things that I, I when I talk to young men, is how important is football to them? And it's important to Dwayne. And he, he's, he worked hard. When he had the chance to start, he invested the time. He got there early. He stayed late. He did the things that you expect out of a young person wanting to learn. And even the veterans, you know, guys like Tom and Drew and Aaron and, um, you know, Philip, those guys that have been in it a long time still invest the time to be as good as they can possibly be. And so Dwayne understood more about what it took to be a professional quarterback. The great Joe Theismann joining us. Now, Joe, off the draft for a second, you are a small business owner. you got restaurants. Now, how is that affecting you with employees and stuff? Because you're not just a, a former great quarterback. I mean, you're a businessman as well. Oh, we're, Tony, we're, you know, we're, we're close. Um, you know, I've, my partners and I, I mean, I have, I have a, a little bit of mine now. I have partners that have seven, uh, and all but two are closed. But what we're doing is we this weekend, I believe, we're opening up the kitchen to do some service to take care of some of the elderly in the Alexandria area and sort of do some community-type service that way. But, you know, I was, I was interesting. I was talking to a congressman yesterday. There's a couple of things in the business world that I think people need to consider. Number one, there are a number of companies out there, and I'm doing Maria Bartiroma tomorrow morning, and I hope I get into this conversation with her at 7.30. But there are a number of big companies out there that have overfunded their pension funds. That money is just sitting there. Why can't they take not all of it where they've overfunded, but let's say they take 75% of the money that has been overfunded and put it back into their business and be able to pay their employees? or as I like to refer to them, their partners and their associates. I mean, the money is sitting there. You've overfunded your pension. Why not be able to take that money and use it for the good in the company? That way you don't have to go borrow. Now, here's the other problem in the restaurant business. For those of us, you get, you get eight weeks to be able to have the money, and I'm going to get a clarification even a little more from one of my partners today. But all the people that are in the restaurant business, the servers, the cooks, those people have now filed for unemployment. 
if you're collecting unemployment, you can't get the money that the restaurants are being given to give to you. Mm. So here you are making $1,000 a month on unemployment, and you're not sure exactly what's going to happen going forward. And I think, I think it was a great idea trying to help the industry, but I still think there's some tweaking that needs to be done so that when we do open up as a society again, when we do open up as a nation again, then you can pay the people that work in your operation without having to wonder if they're on unemployment, if they're not on unemployment. So that's a little bit of a, a gray area, I guess you could say. But those are a couple of business things that, you know, that, that I think about when it comes to how do we, how do we move forward. And I, I say this to everybody out there. Man, we are, we are going crazy. Everybody's going nuts being quarantined and stuck where you are. And, you know, I saw something the other day. One of my buddies sent me something I thought was very interesting. He said, I sat next to this lady on the couch, and she introduced herself as my wife. And she's a very nice person. <laughs> I mean, that's basically where we are. I mean, you know, we're, we're sort of reintroducing ourselves to our families. It's like, oh, who's this guy walking around here, Mom? Oh, that's your dad. Oh, really? Okay, fine. Or your partner. Um but the thing is, uh, I just think we all have to be – if we can fight through these next couple of weeks doing exactly what we're supposed to do, give ourselves some distance, take care of yourselves, wash your hands, wear a mask. Shoot, I was in Target the other day, and there was a mother in there with two kids, you know, 12, 14-year-old kids, no mask. And I'm thinking, I don't want to be a statistic, Tone. I I'm, hear not you, interested in, I'm not interested in being one of those statistics that they put up and say – this person's expired. I don't want to do that. And I, and I, hope, I, hope, I hope everybody out there feels that way. So if we can hang on and fight through these next couple of weeks, maybe we can buy another day for them to find a vaccine or a cure or something to be able to reduce the risk of being out in society. Well, until that happens, Joe, I mean, what, how, do you, how different do you think the restaurant bar experience will be uh, in the interim when, when we I finally can go back? I think every experience is going to be different. I, I, you know, they're talking about Vegas opening in the next couple of weeks. They're opening beaches. You know, people have to use social distancing. I think what we'll do is, you know, this whole thing is, is not like a light switch where society was turned off. The business world was turned off like a light switch. And all of a sudden it's going to be flipped back on. Mm -hmm. This is more like a dimmer switch. We've gone to a lot of darkness. And now if the light has to come on eventually. I think initially people will start to come in a little bit. We'll have, I'm, I know, I'm positive our guys will set it up in such a way so that you'll maybe have a table and then another, another table empty and then somebody else or a booth and somebody else. So we'll do what we can to keep the patrons safe as well as the people that work there. Um, and, then, and then we'll see how it goes. Will there be another wave? I think that's the thing that we're all curiously waiting to see. And I want to say this, too. What the president and the task force has done in an unprecedented time, to me, is absolutely incredible. I don't, it doesn't matter where you sit, what side of the aisle you sit on. This is something no one has ever dealt with before in their lives. And every day they try and keep us informed. They try and explain to what's going on. And, uh, you know, some of the governors have chosen to go a certain way. Others have gone another way. But I will tell you this, that, you know, um, dealing with so many different things, so much money that has to be given out, 
to people that are really in trouble? And then how about how about the people that are out on the front line? Oh God, they are the heroes. Absolutely. You know, men and women and the military heroes to me, but policemen. But how about those people that go into hospitals every day and they're around the virus and they're they're taking care of people? I mean, God bless them. The great Joe Theismann, breaking it down as a football legend and of course as a businessman himself. Last thing I saw that Muffin McGraw has announced her retirement at Notre Dame, the women's basketball coach, one of the all-time greats, Joe. She can't. I'm not going to let her. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to call Muff up it right now, and I'm going to say you cannot retire. Legends are not allowed to retire. We have to. You, you, we need to get you a horse so you can ride off into the sunset. She. What a. What a phenomenal person she is. Uh, we have a thing at Notre Dame called Notre Dame Days, and it's 29 hours of Notre Dame. And I had the pleasure the last couple of years to sit down with Buffett, be able to talk to her about what she's done and the young ladies. You know, our, our women's basketball program is sensational at the university. I mean, they have, Mike Bray has done a terrific job with the kids, the guys, but I'm telling you something, Buffett's been unbelievable with the players that she has had and the, the young women that have gone on to gain great notoriety and, and this tremendous representatives of the University of Notre Dame and she will be sorely missed because she has left an imprint I think that's going to be very difficult for someone to to put their shoe in and fill it well speaking of South Bend Joe real quick could you imagine Notre Dame Stadium having a game with no fans like, like no a, yeah no I'm with you I mean we don't we don't know I, I almost think if Vegas is open enough this is the way I'm sort of looking at this thing if they're talking about opening Vegas to a degree, I mean, there's another place. You're standing at a crap table and somebody's going to be right next to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or will they? Um, if they open up Vegas and we can get through that period of time without an uptick in more infections, uh, in more cases, if we can get through that, I think it'll be very encouraging to more and more governors to consider allowing people to be around one another. Uh, I think we have to go at a social distance because we're getting into the summer. And from what I understand about the virus, it doesn't survive that well in the heat. Uh, so I think so many people in Florida, we, I mean, we, we don't have a lot of cases down in Florida where, where we are. Um, and so, you know, that's some of it. But I think that's going to be a litmus, litmus test for where we're going to be able to go uh, coming up in the fall and in the future. But, you know, I mean, bas baseball season gone basketball season gone hockey gone you know football i guess you could say caught the break in this one because it's still four and a half months away and august 6th was going to be the time when the coaches were going to be able to get with the players and i, I feel bad for some of the kids that couldn't get the uh, pro day workout um everybody was waiting for their pro day workout they didn't work at the combine now coaches are really going to have to study a lot of film and study it closely to make decisions on who they want on their football team Joe Theismann, a lot of people check in and they want to know uh, if you remember the 1970 Notre Dame-USC game where you threw for over 500 yards and lost to the Trojans of the Coliseum. I absolutely do. It was really funny. I weighed myself after that game, Smarty. Why do you always bring up the ones I lose? No, I'm, that's not, not, I'm, I'm, I'm the voice of the fan here. I'm, the people are asking questions okay. live. Fair and, enough. Fair and, enough. I, 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 you know me, Joe. That's not my style. I, I don't oh, do that. Oh, no, not you, Tony. No, not you. Not at all. I realize that. I don't know. I saw that 1971 Notre Dame media guide over there, got, Tony. No. I thought you oh, might have yeah. dug that up. You're getting love from all uh, over. Even in Canada, people are talking <laughs> about your, 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 your 1971 uh, CFL great greatness and great jerseys. Cup. The Great yeah, Cup. We were at the, 
Grey Cup. That's right. We were in the, we played Calgary in the Grey Cup in a place that doesn't exist anymore. I played a lot of stadiums that don't exist. It's like I lived in a dream world. You know, it's like the great, the big sombrero down in Tampa, gone. Exactly. Uh, Empire Stadium in Vancouver, British Columbia, gone. Uh, RFK, gone. I mean, it's now. Will you always be a Toronto Argonaut or a Washington yes. Redskin, Joe? I will be both. I will be both. <laughs> I will wear double blue and burgundy and gold. I will wear both of them. And, and don't I'll forget. Flip me down the middle. And don't forget Notre Dame. Well, of I mean, course. You can't forget that. Yeah. Well, that's the helmet. The yeah, helmet yeah. will be Notre Dame. The jerseys will be. You know, it's funny about that 70 game, uh, uh, no, the Notre Dame-USC game. It was played in a torrential downpour. Turns out Joe Gibbs was the offensive line coach of the USC Trojans. Wow. I weighed, I weighed myself with my uniform before the game. I weighed, with uniform, I was 170 pounds soaking wet, stripped. I weighed, with the uniform on, I was one, close to 180, about eight, eight and a half pounds of I got off the, I got on the scale, as soon as I ran off the field, because was, I was drenched and everything, I weighed 196 pounds. Wow. <laughs> I, was running, I was running around with a 26-pound weight jacket. But it was a dry uh, weight, though, at least. You know, I mean, you, can, you, know, you knew yeah, it wasn't real weight. You didn't have to go on a it's, diet. It's like, living in a, it's like living in Arizona. The way you do that is you stick your head in an oven because that's dry heat, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I right. mean, I hear that all the time from people. The great Joe Theismann. Joe, always great to talk to you, man. Stay safe down no, there. You're, the and you're in Florida. Please, you too. You're in Florida, <laughs> so I don't feel bad for you at all, man. <laughs> no, but I'll, we'll, 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 we'll practice social uh, distances as well. You guys stay safe. And everybody listening, please take care of yourself. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. The great Joe Theismann, ladies and gentlemen.